Hey mamas, and welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and independent eaters. I'm Alyssa, your mama in BRD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it. But honestly, the few seconds Instagram gives me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week right here as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short because mom life, but I plan on giving you real-life tactical advice and answering your actual questions. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I've got a a great episode for you today. I'm not going to say it's exciting, but it is super important. Today, we are talking all about choking hazards. I get this question a lot, and I'm always hesitant to give like a total list of choking hazards because it really is never all-inclusive, and there are so many nuances with it that I'm excited to go through here with you on the podcast. Um, Also, know if you're not following me on Instagram, to go check me out over there at Mama and Me RD. I will be talking about this on my Instagram this week as well um, to try to give you some different information in different places because let's face it, we all need reminders all the time. And there's so much information around this topic that I just don't feel like one post or one podcast or one time talking about it is enough. So that being said, let's get started with choking hazards. This episode is not here to scare you. I hope it doesn't scare you. I hope it actually makes you feel more empowered and ready to take on eating experiences with your kids in a safe manner and feel, you know, fully prepared or what to do to feel prepared um, if a situation does arise. So we all know that choking is super scary and it is something that we need to talk about because it is higher likelihood in the toddlerhood stage to have a choking incident. So just to kind of get that up in your head and a reminder that the majority of choking incidences are because of food specifically. I know as moms, we're constantly on our hands and knees looking around the floor for choking hazards, and that is definitely important. And of course, we always want to supervise them while playing, especially around small objects or just remove them altogether to be completely safe. Um, But it is food that's the number one proponent of um, choking. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yay, everyone clap and get super excited. Okay, so first and foremost, and I want to say this at the top, and I'll probably talk about it again at the end. I cannot recommend getting CPR certified enough. Taking a CPR course online, I've actually linked one of my favorites from um, online down below, and I cannot recommend it enough. It just 
puts your mind at ease. You understand the information. You can share it with inside your family and your household so that they understand the information. So if something did happen, you would feel prepared. I actually co-host the Diet Riot podcast. I don't know if you knew that, but I do with another dietitian, Brooke Miller, who has a son who had a choking incident and had to call 911. Luckily, everything was fine by the time they got there. But you know, it happens everywhere. You are not immune and don't think that it can't happen to you. So better to be prepared. So I cannot recommend taking an actual CPR course enough. If nothing else, it just puts you at ease. I know so many mamas get so worried, especially about baby led weaning, starting solids, or even in the toddlerhood age of choking. It is something to, of course, be mindful about, but really having the knowledge to know exactly what to do if a situation were to come up just puts you at ease. And let's pray to God that you never have to use it. So first and foremost, take a CPR course. They are readily available online. I cannot recommend them enough. Specifically, the one I took is linked below and it was just so helpful in so many ways. It's not just about feeding kids and CPR, but in all different situations, super helpful. It made me feel really prepared. Okay. So at the tip top of this episode, I want to tell you that as much as I want to give you all the choking hazards in your home, like a complete list, it doesn't exist. And it's not that people haven't tried, but everything is technically a choking hazard. You can choke on anything. Literally, people have even choked on their own spit and their own tongue. So let's just start it there. Everything is a choking hazard, which means that we have to be diligent all the time. We don't want to leave our babies unattended, our children unattended, especially around food or anything that they can fit inside their mouth. Something that I'm going to talk about here on the podcast is it's more of a mindset and kind of looking for patterns and things that fit into certain certain molds that are choking hazards rather than like, this is a choking hazard. That's not, it's not a yes or no check the box. It's what a what is a higher risk of children choking on and what is a lower risk of children choking on. But of course, everything you can still choke on everything. So just keep that in mind. A really great kind of, um, tip or way to think about it is anything that can fit through a paper towel roll or a toilet paper roll is technically a choking hazard, which means it can fit in the mouth and create an obstruction. So we want to be mindful of anything that can fit through a toilet paper roll. We actually had this test at my son's daycare when he was going to school for a while. Any toy we brought in for show and tell, which it's just the cutest thing that kids do, um, had to pass the toilet paper roll test. So they literally made you do it when you walked in the room with anything that was even close and you couldn't leave it. So like a matchbox car, we couldn't bring into the room because it's technically a choking risk. So just first and foremost, set your mind kind of in that scape of things saying, okay, that's going to be a higher risk to choke on because it can fit in the mouth. So of course, all food is pretty much going to fall into that category. So here's the thing. When we are talking specifically about food, obviously anything going in the mouth can pose a choking risk, but you want to think of certain qualities that different foods exhibit that increase the risk of choking. So what I typically tell people is looking for things that are small, hard, round, slippery, coin-shaped, smooth, sticky, 
globby, if you will, kind of like peanut butter, or extra dry. Now, this is in no way a complete or comprehensive list, and I sure do go deeper in this in my Table Talk program, but this is kind of a good reminder that anything that fits into those categories are going to be a little bit higher in the realm of choking hazard. And another reminder that we can kind of visually think about is that a toddler's trachea is similar in diameter to a drinking straw. And it's actually a really good analogy because not only is it a similar diameter, so you can kind of think of things that might occlude that um, diameter when you're thinking of how big the food item should be, but also to think that if that straw isn't upright, if it's bent, if it's clamped, if it's, you know, moving around a ton, food may not drop through that straw right properly. So it's just a good reminder that great eating habits include sitting at the table, sitting upright, not leaned back or strapped down like in a car seat where you're at an angle and can't have an effective cough to bring that food back up, um, running around while trying to eat. All these things increase the likelihood of choking. So we want to encourage a safe eating environment. That being said, with the drinking straw analogy, it's hard because a lot of times too big of a piece of food can cause choking because the mouth is overwhelmed. Too small of a piece of food can cause choking because it just slips right into the trachea and gets stuck. So we want to think of offering a bite-sized portion for our child's mouth that they're able to hopefully demonstrate an effective chew inside their mouth. And one of the best ways we can teach our toddlers to chew effectively is to demonstrate this for them, modeling the behavior. I talk about that a lot, but this is a really great way to teach them how to chew. Not only that, but you can use other toys to chew on, like literally teethers, especially like chewing tubes that go into the back of the mouth by where the molars are either going to come in or are already in to teach them how to chew and mash food back there so that eventually they can learn how to chomp it up and swallow it completely in a safe way. It's really important to work on the oral development of our children's mouth because that is not only obviously going to limit choking, but it's going to help them be able to manipulate food around their mouth so they can control the food. A lot of times choking will happen because they're not controlling it. They don't mean to push the food to the back of their mouth ready to swallow yet, which means that they aren't prepared for the swallow kind of effect to take over. Um, swallowing is an automatic response. Once food hits a certain level, it starts to swallow on its own. When we don't initiate that swallow, that can cause choking because we weren't prepared for it. The food slips back and it hasn't quite triggered that response and then it can occlude the trachea. So that being said, it is great to teach our little ones how to manipulate food in their mouth in a safe way so that they can control the food and not necessarily accidentally push it back. Okay, so now for a quick little list of foods that you should keep an extra eye out on. Of course, this list is 100% not um, complete or all-inclusive, but I think it will give you a gist of things to look out for. So hard candy, hard raw vegetables, hot dogs, especially cut into coin shapes, grapes, grape tomatoes, popcorn is a big one, meat chunks, whole nuts, peanut butter globs or anything sticky like that. And um, 
crackers that are extra dry or toasts that are extra dry and get stuck because of not enough saliva. Also tortilla chips or any sort of chips that break off like that, including pretzels. So all of these things are things that you should be extra mindful about. It doesn't mean there's not a safe way to offer them, but oftentimes it's just either A, not worth it, or it takes a little bit more work to prepare. For example, whole nuts. I don't recommend not serving whole nuts for the first few years of their life, but I do recommend smashing them up, grinding them, or creating some sort of butter and then spreading it thin on something like toast. Which actually brings me to the next point that I want to make is that choking hazards are, or these, I guess, extra risk of choking hazards are at extra risk through the age of four. And the reason why that is, is the research has shown that this is when the majority of choking episodes do happen um, that have the deadliest outcomes. And that's because they're still learning how to chew, how to manipulate food, how to swallow, how to push food around their mouth, and all these sorts of things. So they're still learning how to do that effectively. So we want to encourage that in them. And that's through four. I do say on my Instagram a lot and I talk about how teeth are not necessary to offer table food. However, a lot of times the presence of teeth does change the way that you present the food. But more than that, it's not just the presence of teeth, but again, that being able to demonstrate an effective chew, that they're able to chew up their food really well, move it around their mouth and swallow it all at a similar time or kind of in that succession. So that's important for us as parents to be present during meals to see where our kids are on that scale. A lot of us want to jump forward to giving them whole grapes just because, you know, other kids are doing it or it's easier or whatever that looks like. But the risk is far too great. Now, that being said, I am a mom and a real life mom at that. And have I given my kids probably higher risk choking hazards than I should have? Yes. Absolutely, I have. So keep that in mind that life is life. So do all that you can. It would be absolutely devastating to have a situation come up that um, you couldn't or that you could have prevented. So just remember that we do all that we can do. And at the end of the day, as much as we can control, there's a lot that we cannot control. So Again, to limit the risk of choking or at least to mitigate if there is a choking incidence, how long in between them choking and you providing them with help. You should always be present while your little one is eating. We don't want to be feeding them in the car seat in the car. I know this is a really hard one for a lot of parents, but they truly are actually restricted in their ability to cough up food. So just like um, if you were to picture yourself choking on an incline and you're not able to use your body to propel yourself forward to cough, it would be far less effective than if you're able to actually move your body, which instinctually we do. But if they're strapped in, they're not able to do. So it is a greater risk to feed your child in a car or in any reclined, restricted position. So um, just think of that. So obviously be present, having them sitting in an upright position in a safe way, 90 degrees, the best that you can, um, and preventing them from having access to anything that would be a higher choking risk. So all of these things that we can do, plus educate ourselves, educate any caregivers that are going to be around our kids, especially during mealtimes, can be so important and literally 
might save a life. So again, I'm going to remind you to take that CPR course. It will just be so worth it. If nothing else, a weight is lifted off your shoulders and you just feel more prepared in any situation. I would also highly recommend as a free resource to go check out Shannon Tripp on Instagram. Um, She has an incredible page and highlights about CPR in case of an emergency of choking for free. However, it is not inclusive. I would not recommend that's the only place that you can get your information, but it sure is helpful like right now. So go check out her highlights. And I think she has a reel on it as well right now on Instagram. So check her out. I will link her below as well. Um, anyways, I hope this episode is helpful. Definitely come check me out on Instagram at mom and me RD, where I will be talking more about this. And it's such a big topic. So I could literally talk on it forever. But I hope that this was helpful. All right, mama, see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on Instagram at momandmerd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have by emailing me at alyssa at momandmerd.com. Until next time, mamas. <laughs>